the rumors are true, I have a cold. I have been in the trenches for the past, I would say mm, four to five days with a cough with a cold and i just want to say to the person that gave me this cold probably some random person in london all right stripped away in the kccu quite frankly i've been in bed for four days straight i haven't had sleep for like two nights it's been bad for me you guys there i am coughing excuse me sorry replay that coughing you guys know when you kind of like have a very husky cough and it like vibrates through your chest that's what i've been feeling that's what i've been dealing with for the past like four days and it has been let's talk about it trenches i've been drinking all of the lem sips i've been taking all of the paracetamol i've been drinking all of the lemon and honey eating all of the ramen trying to make myself feel better and i still have a blocked nose but i am feeling better and there are positives to the story because i am feeling better i do feel slightly brain foggy at the moment so if a couple of sentences i say in this episode do not make sense don't hold me to that that's not my problem that's the cold's problem quite frankly hey i'm here i'm trying my best i did try and just record this episode i got like 10 minutes in and i realized that i wasn't coherent oh coherent coherent oh here i go again making up words anyway today we are talking about bad friends toxic friends fair-weathered friends and flirty friends i have three subcategories of friends that i have experienced in my life that i'm excited to talk about that i'm excited to give you guys advice on how to deal with these people in your life because i think that bad friends are universal sorry let's talk about it they don't necessarily have to be bad people but sometimes the chemistry between you and that person just doesn't work out and i'm here to talk about it i'm here to lead you through those moments in your life but before we do that yes exactly we're going to do the catch up of the week because i have some things to catch you guys up on Okay, first of all, updates on crushes. Mm -hmm. If you don't know the law behind this, I have an abundance of crushes at the moment. I don't know why. I feel it's the universe telling me that some kind of romance is coming my way, but nothing has come my way. We're just fingers crossing, you guys. We truly are. Hopefully 2024 is the year of the relationship. Until then, we're just gonna have crushes on people that do not care about my existence. Speaking of, let's talk about gym crush. So the law behind this is that there's a gym instructor at my gym in the village who I have a massive crush on. You guys, updates, don't have a crush on him anymore. Everyone scream. I saw him the other day because, of course, I re-entered the gym. I hadn't been there for like two months as a reminder because I injured my foot while running. Oh my gosh, I've been in the trenches recently. Not the injured foot and the sore throat, the cough and the cold. Be serious. Anyway, I entered the gym. I saw him. He wasn't giving me good vibes. So quite frankly, you're axed off of the crush list. However, good news, I already found a new crush in the gym be serious i know you guys know noah sent noah centineo noah centineo from uh my gosh what is it to all the boys i loved before beautiful man it's not him don't worry he's not in my village gym it's a look-alike and when i tell you a look-alike this man is exactly the same he is beautiful my god he's like six foot four he's tanned he has a shaved head and he like you know when they just oh my god to have the confidence of a straight man at the gym i would pay good money for that you walk around acting like you own the place oh exactly you know what good for you they're just like using all the equipment knowing what they're doing i have no clue i stick on the treadmill babes i run 5ks and that's me done you're out here using every single machine you're filming yourself at the gym oh i could never saying that i do lip sync and dance on the treadmill and i do and I, i'm not exaggerating i'm listening to it girl by Elias interlude i-t-g-i-r-l you know i am that girl shh don't kiss and tell it girl from atl exactly i am but 
the idea of using actual equipment at the gym that isn't just the treadmill fascinates me. Good for that person, truly. But yeah, there's Noah Centineo lookalike. And then also I have another gym crush, which is a guy from my old school that started going to my gym, which is great. Um, and I am in love with him. And I have been since I first met him at school. So that's really good for my self-esteem, seeing him almost every day at the gym. I love him. I actually said to my friend the other day, I said to Emma, I was like, I believe that we're end game. He's my end game. And she knows the lore about me and this guy. And she said, Kit, you unfollowed him on Instagram, which then made him unfollow you on Instagram. How is that giving Endgame to you? And I said, girl, it's just part of the story. You have to be in it to know it. But a bit of lore for you, I unfollowed him like ages ago in like 2021 because he was rude to me on Snapchat. <laughs> and I think that he's Endgame. Be serious, like actually get help. Medically, what are we doing? Expectation for men is on the floor. Anyway, yeah, I've re-entered my gym phase. I've started running again. I'm not quite running 5Ks because quite frankly, I don't have the stamina or the patience, but I'm trying to rebuild that. I'm running 3Ks at the moment, which also is crazy. I can't, how the hell was I running 5Ks? Thank you and please let me know because I don't know. There I am running 3K absolutely in the trenches afterwards, sweating like a pig. What are we doing? But I've started bringing my new Sony headphones to the gym, the noise canceling ones. I am immersed in Tate McRae. There I am running to greedy, running to X's. Sometimes I act like I'm performing at the VMAs when I'm on the treadmill. No further questions. I went to Emma's. Emma is a singer-songwriter, Emma Bradley on Spotify. Go ahead and go listen to her. I have directed a visualizer for her in the past. I co-directed it with her and edited it with her for one of her songs called Sensitive. And it was really fun. So Emma asked me to do it again. Before I arrived at Emma's, Emma said like, hey Kate, I'm not feeling too good. So I just want to let you know that before you come to the apartment to do this visualizer. And I said, you know what, Bessie? I'm not feeling 100% either. So we're on the same wavelength. It's fine. I get Emma and I a ginger shot because I was like, a ginger shot's gonna wake us up, it's gonna give us energy. I get to Emma's, we have the ginger shot, and then we go to a cafe just to get an extra buzz. While we're at this cafe, you guys, even more hot people enter my universe. The KCCU is currently filled with too many crushes. We need some gone. We need to strip these people of their crush title. Because this guy walks in to the cafe, and I'm like, oh, that's him. That's the husband. No, he's not. He didn't even look at you, Kit please be serious for an actual second. And then another guy walks in and I'm like, well, that's him. No, it's not. Anyway, we get back to Emma's after having a flat white, which is very mature for me. I normally would go for a hot chocolate, but we know that I recently went through a insane hot chocolate phase, which wasn't healthy. So I'm kind of laying off the hot chocolate right now up until Christmas because trust and believe on Christmas day, I'm about to go in on hot chocolates. Mm-hmm, exactly. We get back to Emma's and we start recording this visualizer for her. And we're about 30 minutes into recording this visualizer. It's all going well. And I start uploading the footage onto my laptop. Then I hit a brick wall out of nowhere and I start to feel incredibly lethargic, tired and ill. And then Emma says the same thing. Cut to two hours later, me and Emma are staring into space, quite frankly, not talking, just trying to exist. We both got hit with like this random two hour spur of the flu where we just could not move. We felt awful. We had lemon and honeys. We had paracetamol. We had lemsips. Trenches, you guys truly. And the thing that was the worst thing about it, let's talk about it. Emma was hosting an art club for her friends, family and fans later that night at a pub. So we had to get better categorically because Emma couldn't cancel last minute. But one thing about me is that I'm gonna push for us to go out. 
Actually, no, I'm not. What am I talking about? I'm so the person that's going to say, you guys, maybe we should stay in. What, I, what I'm trying to say is that I think that sometimes when you feel ever so slightly ill, when you go out, you do feel better. We went out and we felt perfectly fine. We arrived at the pub, all her friends arrived, and it was a great time. We did some art. A couple of her friends and I and Emma, we stayed at the pub until about 11 o'clock. Oh my gosh. Okay. So slight. I was at a pub, you guys, at 11 o'clock. Me at the bar ordering a, I had three Cokes, full sugar Cokes. Oh my gosh, I was buzzing my tits off. You guys, I've got to be real. Honestly, I think it would have been better if I'd done like 10 shots of vodka because I was just sitting there buzzed off of Coke. Oh my God, Coca-Cola. You guys shut up. That is, do not, do, I'm, Moving on, okay. I had all this Coca-Cola. We then walked to the off-license, which is like a corner shop, got more drinks. I got a tropical juice, of course. And then we went to Emma's flat and we just debriefed about the night. Anyway, cut to a few days later, the illness hits me hard and there's no coming back from it. Quite frankly, I'm still not fully healed. Here I am recording the podcast with a stuffed nose. Be serious. I literally have had a couple of days this week where I haven't slept, been coughing. Oh my God. Coughing so loud, blowing my nose. You guys ever get it when you're like in public, you don't have tissues and your nose is running? Oh, there's nothing worse. Sorry, there isn't. There I was on the tube wiping my nose with my arm. Oh my God, like disgusting vibes from me. Disgust, but like what else are you gonna do? Let your nose, like let it run down your like face? No, you've got to just like come to the fact that you've got to wipe your nose with your arm. Disgusting, ugh. Oh my God, I'm so sorry you guys, I had to say that on the podcast, but sometimes you just gotta be honest with yourself. Oh, a really good highlight of this week though is when I was coming back from Emma's, I went into Waitrose and I got this snack that I cannot stop eating at the moment. Dark chocolate covered mango. Sounds completely rogue incredible oh my gosh it's by forest feasts which do my favorite dark chocolate covered almonds baby that's history to me now the dark chocolate covered mango that's my sister biologically and it's great they're chewy they have the sweetness from the mango and the dark chocolate bitterness really yummy been trying to just heal this cold for the past week that's how i'm feeling right now and recording a podcast probably isn't the best idea but i mean here we are and i'm excited to be talking today and I'm excited to be talking about this topic because I've been wanting to talk about this topic for the longest time. I've been saying that about a couple of topics recently but truly season two has given me a new lease of life and a newfound confidence with the podcast. I have no qualms. I'll talk about whatever. Actually that's a lie. I hold a lot of stuff back personally but a lot of the stuff that I was kind of embarrassed to talk about or like conscious of what people would think. God I'm just saying it now. I don't care. Sorry if you're a bad friend to me. Listen up. I'm going to talk about it. I'm sorry. But I guess it's a great segue into talking about today's topic, which is just about bad friends and how to deal with them. For this topic, I wanted to niche down into categories, the bad friends that I've experienced in my life. So I have three types of bad friends here that I want to talk about today. One being fair-weathered friends, the next being toxic friends, and the last being flirty friends. Ooh, like I'm excited to get into this, but before I do, I just want to talk about the title of the episode today, which is, they're a bad friend, but you already knew that. I came up with this title a couple of weeks ago when I knew that I wanted to talk about bad friends. I think the title is kind of a universal experience. I know that with a lot of my friends that have had maybe a toxic friend in the past, they know that this person is maybe bad for them, not a great friend, but they kind of, I mean, I've been in this as well. Like, I'm not just saying that I'm holier thou, but I'm saying that, you know, 
a lot of the time we kind of hang on to these people in our lives because we hope and expect them to get better so that's where the title they're a bad friend but you already knew that comes from you know it's kind of that almost desperation for them to get better so you're clinging on to them but you're also telling a lot of your friends about the experiences you're having with this certain person in your life and how they're a bad friend. I think there comes a time in that friendship where it's just expired. Sorry, it has, and you have just gotta move on. But I do also wanna preface before we get into this episode, I'm not here saying that you need to cut off all of your bad friends. I'm not saying that there's not a conversation there to be had with these people in your lives, but I'm also not saying that you shouldn't. Sorry, sometimes there are people in your life that you should just cut off. And sometimes that is just the best for you, yourself, and your mental health. Because you've just got to put yourself first sometimes. You really have. It's case by case, but I think a lot of cases with bad friends, we're going to talk about it, obviously. But sometimes you do just have to give up the ghost and let them go. But the first friend that I want to talk about today is a fair-weathered friend. I heard this term first in Olivia Rodrigo's song, Making the Bed, where she mentions the term fair-weathered friend. And I was like, what is she talking about? And I looked it up and a fair-weathered friend is a friend who is supportive only when it's convenient and easy to do so. They come to you when the sky is crystal clear and disappear when the same sky is overcast with dark clouds. And I experienced this on a soulful level. And I'm honestly, if I'm going to be real, I'm experiencing this now in the present with a friend in my life and they're not like a terribly close friend but they were and i think that i mean honestly i'm gonna say it out of all of these categories the fair weathered friends the toxic friends and the flirty friends in my opinion i don't know i kind of think that fair weathered friends are the worst out of all of them if i'm gonna be real because for me a fair weathered friend it's almost kind of like someone is, someone constantly has the upper hand on you. They're getting all of the benefits out of a friendship and you're just putting all the energy into making them feel better about themselves. And that to me is tough. Honestly, I don't know. You guys, I'm struggling with this friendship now, if I'm going to be honest. So I think that's why I'm kind of finding it hard to talk about because I think in a way this is going to be me kind of talking it through myself. I think for me, it's really hard with the idea of letting this person go in my life because it's not like they've necessarily done anything wrong but in the same respect they haven't necessarily done that much right and I think with these kind of friends a fair with a friend or even all of these friends to be honest it can start off with such a great friendship you can start off with having no problems it can the love that you have for each other can be reciprocated the friendship can be reciprocated and then one day everything can change those people are only really there for you when it benefits them. What's hard for me is that they choose when they get to pick you up and they choose when they get to drop you down. As a friend, I love communication. I love someone texting me. I love someone calling me. When there's a friend in my life that just does not put in that kind of effort, it really just makes me feel so less than and it makes me feel desperate. Oh my gosh. When you are made to feel desperate in a friendship, in a relationship, romantically, it's so gut-wrenching because you just start to lose value in yourself and put all of your own self-value into this other person and you start to think like oh well they're not replying to me because of this of what I've done they're not replying to me because you know I've I've texted them too much and now they think that I'm cringe or whatever a real friend would not make you feel that way a real friend would be putting in the energy that you put into them. And that is one of my tips on how to deal with this kind of friend. You have got to match their energy as much as you can, as much 
as it is possible if you continue this friendship where I've had experiences where I've been going through it. Say for example, I've asked how this friend is over text. I've been like, hey, how are you? Like, what's going on? They'll reply with a big message. I'll reply to them and be like, oh my gosh, hope you're doing well, da 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 da. And then they'll be like, oh, how are you doing? I'll reply to them and they will not reply to me. They'll leave it undelivered. That is the epitome of what, for me, a fair with a friend is. It's being there for them, but them not being there for you. And that's why I say putting in that energy that they give you is so important because if you're constantly there for them and they're not there for you, they will just take that as it is. They will expect you to be there for them constantly and they will just come to terms with the fact that you don't really mind them not being there for you because you're not saying anything that objects that opinion. Do you know what I mean? I saw a TikTok pretty recently and it really struck a chord with me. This person on TikTok said, stop allowing your friend to talk to you as if they are famous. Now, this friend that you're talking to, they could be doing nothing in the realm where it would make them a famous person, but they just have this energy around them where they think that they are above you. And an example of this is the way that they text you and the way that they communicate with you. So with a certain friend in my life, it seems like the only way that they are communicating with me is through social media and through commenting on my photos and DMing me and popping up to my story. Personally, I don't think that's a true friend. I think that's just an acquaintance, if I'm gonna be honest. A true friend is there for you when you don't look hot. I know that sounds so stupid, but that's how I feel right now. I feel like my value is only held with this person when I'm succeeding, when I look good in the photo. It's, oh my gosh, you look so hot. But then the message above that is me talking about how depressed I've been and they just haven't replied to it. But at least they replied to my story saying I'm hot. God, be serious. Be there for the ups and downs. Oh baby, don't be there at all. You know, I have plenty of people popping up and saying, well, I don't have plenty of people. I have a couple of people popping up and saying, I look pretty. I look, I look nice, you know, it, whatever, etc., etc. But that's the kind of friendship I have with those people. It's like acquaintances. It's those kind of social media people, those social media friends that you have. And that's okay because that's the level I'm on with those people. With this certain friend that I'm talking about, we have a deep friendship. And I just feel like it's completely got lost. And now it's just become this surface level. Oh, you look so hot today. Oh my God. Girl, I do not care, to be honest. I don't care for your compliments if you're not going to be there for me. Do you know what I mean? It just really sucks watching a friendship break down in front of your eyes, especially with someone that you truly care about. Going hand in hand with that, I think it's also hard to watch someone that you love change, really. It doesn't really have to do with this friend or this friendship topic, but I think just in general, watching one of your friends change into a person that you just don't even recognize for the worst is really tough. It's not even necessarily that like, they're not speaking to you or they're not doing this. It's just that they like, they're just, their morals change. They don't, they're not the same person that you befriended those, you know, those years ago. And I think in some ways, I guess it makes it slightly easier to distance yourself from that person. But also in other ways, it's just, it just reminds you of how much different it has been and how and how much it has changed since you really loved this person and you really had this friendship with them and I think with a fair with a friend in my experience you know I wouldn't be so sad about this friendship being fair weathered if it if I didn't know what it could be because it was that at one point this friendship was great and this person was a really close friend of mine and now it's turned into this kind of I don't know just like friendship where it only benefits them and it's really surface level and it's not really anything and it doesn't really feel like anything it just feels so 
I don't know, like transactional in a way. Not that we're getting anything out of it, but it's like, it's like a comment on your Instagram and that's how you know that they're still alive. Like, honestly, it's crazy. But fair-weathered friends are truly quite a hard, it's a, it's a hard, it's a hard shell to crack because I think in some ways without them knowing it, in a way it is kind of gaslighty. Not really, it's not It's not gaslighting the way that a toxic friend would maybe gaslight you, but it's, it's maybe like inner gaslighting from yourself because in your head you kind of create this narrative of this person where it's like, oh, they're not talking to me, they don't like me. But then you meet them in real life and you haven't seen them for like a few months and then they're just like normal. And you think to yourself, like, what the hell is going on here? Like, we haven't spoken in months. You haven't replied to any of my messages. You haven't been there for me when I've been feeling really down. But now we're acting like none of that happened. And we're back to how we were a couple of years ago. And in some ways, I'm really loving this. But in other ways, I'm kind of resenting you for not being there for me. And I'm finding this really tough. It is a form of gaslighting, but they don't know that they're doing it. Maybe they're putting other friends in front of you, which again, is it's, it's totally fine morally. But I think in a way, it's just, it's tough to be that person that kind of loses that friend because you're still there for them as much as you were before, but they're not. And I think that's what I have found so hard about losing this certain friend because I think only recently I've come to terms with the idea that I have lost them. And I've been trying to put off that idea for like the good part of like a year and a half, but there's only so long that you can play that narrative before you start looking like a fool. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think the best way to deal with it is truly giving the energy that they give you. Those are my current thoughts on a fair weathered friend. They are really tough and I think it's one that kind of gradually happens because I don't think I would be friends with someone that's a fair-weathered friend. Um, I understand that, you know, there are very surface level friendships that maybe you have in your life. Maybe it's like a friend's friend that only really sees the good parts of you and you only see the good parts of them. And that's a completely different story. But when you have a very close friend that then turns into a fair-weathered friend gradually, it's really tough. And it's just like a loss. But I think slowly but surely it is something that you do grow from. And it's also like every friendship you go through and every relationship you go through in your life, you benefit from in some way, even if it wasn't a good friendship. And I think the next subcategory of friendship is a great example of that. And the next subcategory is toxic friends. In all fairness, I haven't had that many toxic friendships in my life. And by toxic friendships, in my experience, I just mean just mentally manipulative and gaslighting people. Those kind of people to me are very toxic. And I think like with Fairweather Friends, it's really tough because a lot of the time these toxic friends stem from people that you've known for years. I don't think people are making new relationships with toxic people. I think people are making relationships with great people and then those people sour into toxic friends and friend it, that it sours into toxic friendships and this is probably one of the reasons why i haven't wanted to do this episode ever because i experienced toxic friends a few years ago and they were friends i've had for years and it just completely soured um it was a group of us and there was a situation where one person thought we were doing one thing and the and the rest of us didn't think that we were doing that thing. I didn't want to do this thing. It was clubbing. I didn't want to go out clubbing, but these other two friends wanted to. Still now, I do not want to go out clubbing. It's not something that is inviting to me. It's not something that 
I like. I don't really drink alcohol like that. I don't like being out late at night. I don't like being around strangers like that. To me, I just feel unsafe. I feel uncomfortable. I mean, again, this was when I was maybe 19. So you have to kind of take this story with a pinch of immaturity on both ends, me included, you know? And I think it's very important to take accountability with these kind of stories because yes, these people were toxic and I have learned to accept that because a lot of the time I was trying to blame myself for the situation. But I learned that, yeah, maybe I had some part to do with this, but also they were in the wrong as well. And and it's okay to come to that conclusion. Long story short, I didn't want to go out clubbing. The other two did. I let my feelings be known and I was just upset with them. I was really upset with the idea that I was made to feel like I was really boring for not wanting to go out to the club when I hadn't been pre-warned that we were going out to the clubs that day. Because mind you, we had gone out just to the local bloody village for a couple of drinks. A couple of drinks at, uh, like, a, at like a cocktail bar at 3 p.m. And this club didn't open until 10. And we were just going to sit around and what, drink? Like, it was crazy to me. And I was like, you guys, isn't my vibe. And I'm going to be real. I was like, in a, I was in a bit of a mood. Like, I went, I went silent. But I went silent because I felt like I wasn't being heard. So what's the point of, you know, talking? And I just, I didn't want to say anything wrong because I didn't want to look like a loser. I didn't want to look boring to these people. And I could tell, I could just, like, instantly it soured with these two people, specifically one of them. It just soured into this ugh, like, I wanted to go out today, like, you're, you're, ma you're making this about you, like, and for me, it's such a red flag when people don't accept your boundaries. Yes, if I didn't want to go out, you say, oh, okay, like, if you don't want to go out, that's totally fine, do you mind if we still go out as a, as a duo, like, we'll just go out and maybe you go home, and I would have been like, oh, okay, girl, absolutely fine, and that's what I ended up doing, I called my mum to go home, and a reminder, it was a Tuesday afternoon, it was not like it was a Friday and we were going clubbing in London. They were going clubbing in the local village on a Tuesday afternoon. And to me, in my head, I was like, why are we having this massive argument about going out clubbing at the local village on a Tuesday afternoon when everything came down to them not even going out clubbing in the end? They didn't even go out clubbing in the end. So we had this huge falling out where I felt awful and they didn't even go out clubbing in the end and they posted this stuff to their story and again mind you we're like 19 at the time old enough to know better than posting stuff on stories and trying to make me feel jealous or whatever but they posted this stuff on their stories of them like just at their house like having a good time and that was just like the deciding factor that this friendship was not the same as what it was years ago because with toxic friends specifically this group I was trying to hold on to something that was but baby, it wasn't anymore. And you've just got to be in touch with reality and realize that sometimes relationships fade and there's just nothing else to it. I wouldn't even say that's where it really got toxic. I think where I got toxic was when we rekindled the friendship about two months later. And I ended up being like the butt of the joke all the time because they would just constantly bring up the time that I didn't want to go out clubbing with them. And I felt like, I inherently had to go along with it to continue this friendship because I still wanted the friends. I still wanted to be friends with these people because to be honest, they were kind of my only friends at the time. I know when I'm in the wrong. And in that situation, yeah, I was in the wrong. There were a couple of times where I was a little bit too moody that day and I was letting it be known and I probably shouldn't have done that. But holding a grudge with someone that you call your friend and belittling them continuously 
after the fact was just really ugh, just tough and it made me feel so bad about myself so eventually i had a falling out with one of them which then was a catalyst to have a falling out with the other one i think there are situations with toxic friends where you're looking back and you just think oh maybe if i just gave them one more chance maybe if we talked it over just one more time and we got over that situation we could be friends again and it could be like how it was it wouldn't it wouldn't be how it was and i had this kind of phase after i had left those two as a friend where i was looking back and i was thinking oh like maybe i should just re-enter that friendship and i should just be friends with them again i think in those situations where you're having those thoughts you've got to honor your past self there was a part of you back then that wanted to leave that wanted nothing more than to leave these people that were doing you wrong i've been friends with these people for so long and they were just easy you know it was an easy friendship but i think sometimes that's how it can continue to be toxic because it's easy to go back to them it's easy to rely on them sometimes you know but it's best to just sometimes have a conversation with them or just leave it cut it off toxic friends are definitely hard to deal with but i think it's a case-by-case situation where you either have a conversation with them and lay out what you think is toxic about them or how they're making you toxic as well you have that conversation or you either just like stop talking to them you stop reaching out I, I, I think that once you make a decision, you truly have to honor that decision that your past self has made because if you like go back to them and you rekindle that friendship, I mean, obviously it's case by case, but I think for me, if I know that if I did, I'd fall back into that 19 year old version of myself that I didn't like. And I don't wanna do that, to be honest. I think with toxic friends, it's just so important to point out what is toxic about them and either saying that to them or just saying it to yourself and allowing yourself to truly just move on. On a slightly lighter note, let's talk about flirty friends. Flirty friends are the trenches. I'm sorry, I've got to say it, baby, it's the pits. Cause there I am thinking that you're in love with me when in actuality, you're just stringing me along for your own ego's sake. Oh, oh, okay. Mm. I'm gonna talk about a guy and Olivia, you know exactly who I'm talking about and I don't wanna hear it quite frankly because he was in love with me. I know that he was, no kidding. I mean, maybe. I'll let you guys be the judge. So I'm gonna call him Max. His name isn't Max, but I'm gonna call him Max. Let's start off right at the beginning. I'm 16, 17 years old and there's this guy called Max. Instantly, mm, I fall in love. He's a crush, I need him biblically. I think he kind of catches onto the idea that I have a bit of a crush on him, but we never talk about it ever, but he knows. Subliminally, he'll drop like little hints. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but you guys know if you've been in this situation with this kind of flirty friendship, it's just bizarre because neither one of you talk about it, but you both know that it's there. And even if this guy did not have a crush on me, he was playing me like a fiddle. It was just so bizarre. Like he'd try and make me jealous with other boys. I'd play with his hair. Oh my god like be serious and i was just infatuated by him in those kind of situations it makes you go crazy because you're kind of telling your friends like oh i have a crush on this guy and i think he kind of likes me and da, da, da. but they're like oh no he doesn't like you he has a girlfriend and obviously that's so valid because exactly and there was a time where he didn't have a girlfriend and it was the summer holidays and he took me out for lunch he paid for it and there was major flirty vibes and i was like oh my gosh we're gonna get together next time we're back at school when we came back to school he had a girlfriend and i found out later oh my gosh i found out later that that girlfriend that specific girlfriend told him that he couldn't hang out with me oh my gosh like 
Who is doing this? And obviously at this time I was presenting as male. So, you know, uh, 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 I don't know. Like, there must have been some thought going through this girlfriend's head that it was like, oh, Max has a crush on Kit. So I don't want Max around Kit, which is totally, I mean, fine. I mean, honestly, you need to trust your boyfriend a bit. And if you can't, maybe he is in love with me. But obviously he wasn't because nothing ever came off of it. Anyway, long story short, sixth form ends and I message this guy and I'm like, hey, I've had a crush on you ever since we started being friends. You know, when you bought me a ring for my birthday that one year? Yeah, it kind of added to the crush. Cause yes, he bought me a ring on my birthday. Who was doing that platonically? I'm sorry, no one. I think the guys just do it for their ego. Oh, it's so ego sake for them. It's so ego driven. They just want someone to like have a crush on them constantly, even if they're in a relationship. And it just is so like, it's, it's not, it's not showing good colors of them. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, I told him that I had a crush on him. He said that he knew. To be fair, he was really nice about it. We didn't talk for like maybe a week or two. And then uh, we started messaging again and he started like bringing up the fact that I had a crush on him constantly. Like it was, oh, give me a call. I know you have a crush on me. I know you want to see me. I don't know, dude. Like it took me a while to get over this person because not only do you have a crush on them, but they're also your friend. So you have like good memories with them. But girl, let me tell you, if you haven't started dating after a year, cut the cord, cut it because it's not going to happen probably. If they're dating everyone around you, but you, that's probably what the continuation of that friendship is going to be, babe. You know, either cut off that idea of them the crush idea of them and just keep them as a friend but if you can't do that baby distance yourself because for me there was a time where i just could not stop thinking about them oh my gosh like it was really truly quite trenches for me me and this boy oh i thought it was end game and i know i've mentioned end game with another person that's a different guy from my sick form funnily enough but this other guy i was like oh yeah like he's going to come to his senses and he's going to date me. It didn't happen. And you've also got to ask yourself, sorry, do I actually like being friends with you? Or do I just like being friends with you because I like the idea of having a crush? Ooh, talk about it amongst yourselves. Exactly. Because a lot of the time, I didn't even agree on a lot of the views he had. I didn't agree on it. But because I had a crush on him, I was just letting it all go. But once you take the crush out of the equation, do you actually like them as a person? Yes or no? Answer quickly now. You most likely said you don't like them. So what now? I don't know. I just think it's interesting. But I also think that I look back at that relationship and friendship and I do think it's kind of, it's sweet vibes because it, it, it was, it, yes, it was kind of mentally damaging, but it also was, it was, it was innocent and cute. It was, it was for the plot. In conclusion, it's hard to have a bad friend, but I truly think it's something that everyone goes through. And a lot of the time you do grow from those experiences. I'm not going to say a lot of the time. I'm going to say all of the time. Even if it feels like it's the hardest situation, the hardest friendship you've gone through, there is a silver lining to so many of those friendships that you've been through, those toxic friendships, those fair-weathered friends and those flirty friends. There are silver linings that come out of them. And you may not see those silver linings, but trust me, they will shine through and they will be there for you waiting and you will look back and you'll realize oh my gosh i've grown so much since either leaving that friend or having a conversation with that friend that allowed us to grow do you know what i mean but i hope you've enjoyed this episode of self-interrupted before you go i do have the recommendation of the week which is think later by tate mccray which is her sophomore album full of pop hits and pop bangers my favorites from this album are run for the hills hurt my feelings grave stay done exes we're not alike think later 
oh my gosh like honestly most of these songs are really really great i would definitely recommend listening to this album but that's the recommendation of the week think later by tate mccray i really hope you've enjoyed this episode of self-interrupted if you have please make sure to like share with your friends it really means a lot to me and it really helps the podcast out you can follow the podcast at self-interrupted pod on instagram and on tiktok you can follow me personally on tiktok and on instagram at kit.costello you can look at my website www.kitcostello.com but other than that i'm sending you so much love as always kit <laughs> <laughs>